This is 88.5 WFDD. In North Carolina, Triad Cities top the list in its rate of evictions. Greensboro, number one. Winston-Salem, right behind, at number two. Earlier this week, we brought you a story about a renter who lost her home and the emotional toll it takes and the financial havoc it leaves in its wake. More than 100,000 renters in the triad have faced the same threat since 2014. Renting properties is a business. When tenants don't pay, landlords lose income. But an investigation by WFDD, Carolina Data Desk at UNC's School of Media and Journalism, and the Wake Forest University Journalism Program found that it's not just businesses heading to eviction court. The government is a major player in the eviction crisis in Winston-Salem. WFDD's Eddie Garcia has this report on the unexpected role of the city's housing authority. To understand how we got here, we have to look at the top. My name is Larry C. Woods. I am the chief executive officer for the Housing Authority of the city of Winston-Salem. This is 2015. Larry Woods testifies before the U.S. House of Representatives Budget Committee. Suit and tie, script in hand. My wife and I both grew up in public housing in New York City. He promises honesty and wags his fist to underscore his next point. Our current system is broken, plain and simple. He wants tenants to come in, find their footing, and get out. Right now, there is no exit strategy. We are simply warehousing people in our programs. The social safety net, he says, has morphed into flypaper. Like the famous line from Godfather 3, just when I thought I was getting out, I am pulled back in. He's here today asking for more flexibility in how his agency operates. For instance, housing authorities are prohibited by law to require its residents to participate in self-reliance programs. We cannot mandate that. He wants to steer people towards self-sufficiency. That's the social mission of the housing authority under Woods. But a WFDD and Carolina Data Desk investigation found that, for many residents, that exit from public housing is coming at the height of instability. The Housing Authority of Winston-Salem, the agency that houses the poor, filed the second highest number of evictions in Forsyth County since 2014. Last year alone, it brought evictions against nearly 40% of the households living in its public housing units. In a recent interview with WFDD, Woods defends his agency's practices. This is not charitable. This is not a charitable operation. It wasn't designed to be a charitable operation. It has, it has expenses just like everyone else. But evictions have become such a matter of routine at the Housing Authority of Winston-Salem, or HAWS, that they dominate eviction court calendars several days a month. We're talking nearly 600 cases a year. That number is equal to about half the total units it owns. Well, I mean, half is, is a pretty astonishing number. That's Eric Dunn. He's the director of litigation with the National Housing Law Project. Its work focuses on enforcing the rights of tenants in the poorest communities. That, that would seem to me to indicate that there's some kind of fundamental problem with you know, the way they're, they're managing the program. Housing authorities are allowed to evict people. In fact, they have a lot of flexibility in how they go about their business. Winston-Salem's Housing Authority drafts its mission statement, sets its budget, and the leader shapes the agency's philosophy. Dunn says when a housing authority is more business-minded, it can be less sensitive towards the struggles facing low-income families. Children take turns on the playground slide at Cleveland Avenue Apartments while a group of mothers stand guard nearby. This complex is run by the housing authority. Thousands of the community's poorest residents make a home here, families, children, and the elderly. Some are able to work, others rely on disability. 
each earns less than 80% of Forsyth's median income. Residents don't live here for free. They pay what the federal government thinks is fair, 30% of their gross income. At the very least, a tenant has to contribute $50 a month. A relative bargain, and the most basic of responsibilities, if you ask Woods. He expects these renters to be, in his words, model tenants. And if a family has the ability to pay $50 a month, that $50 will be the first thing you pay so you know that I've got a place to live. So where did Larry Woods' philosophy on public housing take root? Well, he says as a child growing up in public housing in New York, he witnessed people climb out of the system through hard work and perseverance. His childhood shaped the mindset he brought to Hawes. He calls it the self-reliance model. Give a man a fish, he eats a day, teach him how to fish, he feeds him and his family for life, okay? When Woods came to the Housing Authority, the agency was in crisis. The former chair of its board and executive director were under investigation in a property flipping scheme. But when Woods took the helm, he saw a different kind of crisis. He saw residents who planted themselves in the system generation after generation, not working towards self-sufficiency. Subsidized housing is just that. It's subsidized housing. For some reason, it becomes almost as if this is a permanent fixture. I don't believe families in subsidized housing need to be a permanent fixture. And that's not what all tenants want either. But the cost of rent is on the rise. It can be hard to work your way out of the system. Ebony Black, who faced eviction in the spring, says she and her partner have tried. We were good jobs. We've been there. We've been to school. Like we're just not some people that just live in the hood and want to live here and take advantage of the government. We are educated people. We are family. You know, we're trying to move from here, but it's just like it's like we can't get up. It's like we got stuck somewhere and it's just not working out. Some tenants do manage to scrounge together money owed, but the deck is stacked against them in court. The vast majority of the time, the magistrate grants the housing authority's request to evict. But officials at Hawes say only 151 households, that's about a quarter of those they tried to evict, were actually displaced. Woods says those empty units are an opportunity. You know, if you don't want to fish, you don't have to fish. But let somebody else grab that pole and allow them to fish. Some people say they don't want to see the proverbial fishing pole pass so frequently. People like Dan Rose. He's with Housing Justice Now, an advocacy group that's been canvassing at Cleveland Avenue Apartments. He talks with residents, urging them to take action. We need everybody to fight, and that, that way we can clog up the courts, make yeah. it so that they can't just keep pushing people out, one right be. after the other. And it's not just late rent that lands people in eviction court. WFDD found a surprising factor driving eviction costs, unpaid bills for gas and electricity. In 2018, half of the cases Hawes brought against tenants included debts for utilities. Often these bills can be really high, hundreds of dollars, and some people owed more utility than past due rent. Why does this matter? For people on fixed incomes, an unexpectedly high utility bill can put them over the edge. And the bills can be confusing for people like Philam Tart, a sharp-dressed guy with a tidy apartment who lives in Piedmont Park. He prides himself on taking care of his business, no matter what. But money's tight. I'm on a fixed income. You know what I mean? That, that is the ugly part about this situation, man. I'm disabled. And his utility bills are unpredictable. I went from $13.42 to $63.00. Now, how do how is that possible? The Housing Authority sets a limit on what it says TART should use. If he uses more than they allow, well, that comes out of his pocket. You see what that bill is? 
Now, how in the world are I supposed to pay that much money? The utility provider bills the housing authority. Then the housing authority bills the tenant. It's supposed to be for my bill now. Now, I don't see my name on here nowhere, but at the same time, this is supposed to be my bill. Again, it's the housing authority that's doing the math. And Tart is suspicious. Maintenance man reading the meters. How do you read the meters? Where's the Piedmont natural gas at? You could say there's frustration. This is our biggest problem over here. We can't talk to nobody from Piedmont Natural Gas because we don't have nothing in our name. So our voices is not in void. Tenants can feel unheard. It breeds fear and distrust of the system. Tart feels eviction is almost wielded as a weapon. We don't have a defense for it because as soon as you go against the grain, any type of way, they will use that eviction power. The housing authority actually does have software that automatically triggers an eviction notice if rent is unpaid, whether that's $500 or $50. But it makes special cases for hardships. Larry Woods says that's on the tenant to alert the office. We're not being mean. We're not being vicious. Again, I think it's, it's giving people a false narrative to say it's okay not to pay and there's no consequences. There are consequences. If there's a hardship, we will take a look at it. You have a right to come in and say, this is my hardship, and provide documentation. Tenants say they don't always feel the door is open, and they have reason to feel that way. WFDD acquired a document distributed to residents of Piedmont Park last fall that says as much. It announces a new policy. No more tolerance for late rent payments. No exceptions. And there's this line. The management office will no longer set appointments to discuss unpaid rents. We showed this notice to Woods. This is this is um, troubling for me because we do set up appointments and we do allow families to go into uh, 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 payment agreements. Woods hadn't seen this memo until we showed it to him. We asked him if property managers should have this kind of discretion. Again, I think, I think it was poorly written because uh, tenants can go in and meet with their manager. Managers are accessible. They can go in and talk to them and, and, and have discussions with them. The housing authority's policy specifically says residents must have an opportunity to discuss possible evictions. On its face, this memorandum is in direct conflict with that. Again, fair housing attorney Eric Dunn. That's just antithetical to, um, you know, really the mission of providing housing to the people who are literally the, the poorest people we have in the country. Since we spoke with Woods, officials from Hawes say they're circulating a new memo, clarifying that tenants can talk with property management about rent concerns and hardship exemptions. And Hawes says it's making sure that property staff understands this. Evictions come with many costs, from the personal to the financial, whether you're a plaintiff or a defendant. And it costs the housing authority a significant amount of money to go through this process. So much so that it begs the question, is it worth it? So, so you're asking me, don't go for any evictions, don't collect any rent. How do I, how do I operate then? Here are the dollars and cents. At least $330,000. That's what the housing authority says it was owed from tenants it tried to evict in 2018, according to WFDD's review of these case files. Money that's hard to collect. To go to court to try? Another $80,000.
And don't forget the cost of turning over the units. For 2018 alone, that's a hefty bill. We're talking at least $300,000. Add it all up, a ton of money. It could be out more than $700,000. As for the people that go through the eviction process, it's the personal cost that follows them the most. When they put that mark on you, that's, that's, that's like a, what do you call it, a tattoo. You can't get rid of it. You're marked. So wherever you go to try to get a place to stay, they have that on your record and you are hindered as an individual. So for 2018, there's at least 364 unique defendants, whether they've exited from the Housing Authority of Winston-Salem or not, that now wear that mark. They're also marked for purposes of creditors and the National Public Housing Database. That keeps them from entering the system again until they settle what they owe. Year after year, money does come trickling back into Hawes. It comes as tenants try to square away their credit. Wood says he welcomes them back into the housing authority of Winston-Salem so long as that old debt is settled. Can they reapply? Sure. Each site has, has a waiting list, and you can go to a site and put your name on the waiting list. The thing is, they go to the back of the line, and right now, there are nearly 12,000 people waiting ahead of them. For WFDD, I'm Eddie Garcia.